Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard, one of your hosts, along with Nick Roush from Louisville. Uh, no, Nick, you're in Ohio, right? Duke's birth, first birthday was yesterday or today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday was his birthday. It was not an cool. April Fool's joke. Um, so we're up in Ohio celebrating with the wife's family. He's hanging out with his little cousins. It's been great so far. It's a, it's a long Easter weekend. So we're getting in the egg hunts. We're dying eggs today. We're doing all that good <laughs> stuff. And I, I haven't dyed eggs, Freddie, since I, I mean, I couldn't tell you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, I always sucked at dying eggs because I'm colorblind. And I think that's an activity that <laughs> I was not meant to enjoy. Uh, but I did see that, that Duke got to wear out a cake, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. He went to town on it and, uh, with and, his hands, did he just destroy it? Oh, he, he destroyed it. He guzzled it down. He was gobbling it down. The only thing we did wrong is we gave him the cake at about seven 30 and his bedtime is usually at eight. So, uh, he did that, that sugar rush turns out it's true. He didn't go to bed for like three more hours. <laughs> so. We got a lot to talk about today, including Duke. I want to get back to that because I think that's one of the cooler traditions there is in the history of birthdays, but We've Definitely got uh, we got a new commitment to talk about. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Dane Key's list of ten to talk about. My interview with him. Pro day. Uh, pro day. Uh, spring the, practice. The, a little bit of spring practice, yeah, and then Kentucky and the NFL draft. I mean, there's there's a there's a story that that I wrote yesterday that, that a few things jumped out at me. But first of all, Nick, we are happy to have a new partner on the Depth Chart Podcast. Ecstatic. One might ecstatic. Say. We're, ha- we're happy and proud to be joined by our new partners, Nick Roush, L.A. Coatings. How I, about that? This isn't a coat, though, correct, Freddie? L.A. Coatings no, it's is not, not a coat. It's not a, it's not a coat. It's not a jacket mm-hmm. because uh, it's something way more important than that. We're joined by Bill uh, – Fr- golly, I just practiced this. Bill, I'm sorry, Freudenberg, right? There we go. Yep. Don't worry, I've been getting that my whole life. <laughs> I, I, I sit here and practice that this morning and messed it up. So Bill is from, is from L.A. Coatings. L.A. Coatings is an environmental services company that specializes in application and sale of antimicrobial coatings and the equipment used for that application. Nick Rouse, do you know what all that means? You know what, Freddie? I do, but I like, I'd like to hear you explain it to me. I would like to hear Bill explain it to us, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about what LA Coatings provides and, and, and what it can do for for your businesses out, out there. Uh, okay, sure. Um, so what LA Coatings does is, uh, again, we're an environmental services company. And our primary service, though, is the application and consultation of antimicrobial coatings. And these are something that aren't really being widely used right now or widely talked about. Um, But in the very near future, uh, you're going to see them everywhere. Um, Right now, uh, there's kind of a gray area in terms of how you can market these based on the label and the EPA. So you can't, even though there's testing that show that they've um, eliminated all kinds of pathogens and ones that are Uh, in the news, you really can't market them like that because the EPA hasn't validated those claims yet. But what we can say is that these antimicrobial coatings 
uh, basically form a protective barrier on virtually uh, any surface and will protect your uh, surfaces in your facility um, ongoing. So it's not, it protects 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, for months out at a time. And there's many of them out there and it's kind of um, a hard course to navigate right now since it is so new and just now uh, getting into the, uh, I guess the American zeitgeist. So we're here to offer consultation and then also sale and application uh, of these coatings. So we're, we're really excited to be um, kind of on the precipice of, of an emerging technology. And Bill, Bill I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Nick, because I have a question too, but you go it, first, bro. It just strikes me as you're basically, it's almost like Scotchgard, but for everything, not just your furniture. Is that, is that kind of fair? Where it's, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, 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 it's really cool. Um, it really eliminates um, the threat of cross-contamination. Um, and it's not just, you know, for, for what you're seeing in the news. These, these coatings have been tested against uh, MRSA, staph infection. Oh, man. Yeah, some, some very serious uh, stuff out there. Um, the UFC has ran tests with these. Many colleges uh, are using them. And it's, um, it, it, it's really cool stuff right now. And I don't want to, I could talk about this for two or three hours. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to bore you guys or get into kind of the science of it, but yeah, essentially it's like kind of a Scotch guard uh, for everything. Yes, sir. You, you mentioned a little bit, Bill, but what kind of facilities can, can LA coatings treat? Well, our primary customers uh, right now are school systems, churches, daycare centers, and we, uh, do a lot of smaller uh, offices and facilities. So pretty much any facility that wants to offer kind of another safety net. And another cool part of our process is the first step of it is we go in and we disinfect the facilities and the touch points first, and then we apply the antimicrobial uh, coating down, uh, whichever one you pick after we do a consultation. And we're actually able to do that typically for about half the price of what companies are charging to simply disinfect. Cause obviously there's a lot of gouging out there uh, due to the pandemic. So we're looking to, COVID isn't our business plan. We're looking to actually partner with companies and be there for them quarterly. So they can see the value of um, what, what we do and basically give them uh, more value for their money than anyone else out there. So how can people get a hold of LA Coatings? Uh, they can go on our website, lacoatings.com, or they can call us at 888-5-CODED. And we can give you an over-the-phone uh, estimate. We, we don't do a lot of dog and pony shows. We're, we're pretty straight to the point. You give us a call. You, you let us know what type of facility it is, what you're doing in there, about how big it is. And we can tell you... You, you know, we can give you a very good estimate in under five minutes. And another cool thing we do is we don't go by square footage because that's kind of nonsense. You know, if you have a 20,000 square foot warehouse, but you just have a desk in the corner, well, that, that doesn't matter to us. We go by time on the job. So that's something else we're doing that's kind of revolutionizing the industry because we'll, we'll just go into a facility, walk it, spray what needs to be uh, sprayed, and then we're out of there. The most of our jobs are under an hour. 
Wow, that's awesome. Very nice. I, I, I just want to know, it, it sounds kind of weird, but it sounds like a great, especially for like a workout facility. Uh, my only question though, is it safe? Yeah, yep. So they, the, the products, once they're uh, applied and on a surface, uh, they, they don't move. They are uh, non-toxic. It's a non-irritant. Uh, they don't have any VOCs. So they're, they're very, very safe. The only thing that we, we don't do is when we're applying them, we don't have anyone in the area. We just let it settle for about 10 minutes. We go in there with our face masks on, we apply it. And, you know, then you could be back in business. And, you know, if you just said, hey, we got this room, we need you to get in and out of there as quick as possible. We could disinfect it and treat it with an antimicrobial. You'd be back in business in, in about 11 minutes. Well, Bill, we thank you a lot, man. We appreciate you partner, uh, uh, partnering with the Deptar Podcast. And we appreciate LA Coatings. And we look forward to talking to you soon, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. And hey, uh, Nick, happy birthday to your son. That's awesome. Oh, thank you very much, Bill. Uh, Are you posting any videos of him eating that cake? Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> we got plenty coming on the way. I just hope that he's willing to share some of that cake with me. <laughs> hey, guys, have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bill. Nick Rouse, Kentucky got a new football commit. Uh, a player that I am extremely high on. Um, and I saw him play in person on two occasions. Yeah. The first time I saw Grant Bingham play was at uh, Simon Kenton High School. And <laughs> I had I had you on the text line. And, and I can remember texting you saying, this guy is a – Grant Bingham is a dude. And I remember and I too being that. texting you and be like, "So is this is this guy really legit?" And you're like, "Yes, yeah." Yes. You know, <laughs> when I go watch players in person, seeing players in person really helps me in my evaluation. I can watch film and people, and I'm like most people, you can evaluate from afar and get a feel for an athlete. But to see Grant Bingham in person uh, was an experience that I rarely, rarely evaluate a person that a player that exceeds my expectation nick mm -hmm. grant bingham exceeded my expectation uh six foot six 302 pounder offensive tackle can't play guard uh you know i see grant bingham a lot like jagger burton where he can play all five spots on the offensive line and be good at all five spots on the offensive line i'll be quite honest with you i was i knew the commitment was coming we all did but I was surprised. I mean, I really thought that Kentucky was going to have to go, and maybe it did go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Notre Dame to get his commitment. Yeah, and I think the only reason why we weren't surprised is just because the big dog just gave us a little tip that the, the dice were hot. Because, yeah, you know, I, I, I like you, Freddie, I expected this thing to go kind of maybe not till the finish line wire to wire, but I expected there, this to maybe linger around till the summer. Um, but you know, he wanted to do something special for his home state. And I think he can be really special Freddie because not only it's, it's kind of like getting Jagger Burton where you see Jagger Burton running 20 yards down the field to hit somebody. This dude, he is Johnson central pulls him all over the place and his second clip on his highlight film, he's hitting Travion Longmire while going at full speed and then throwing him into the ground. Travion yeah. Longmire, this isn't just like. I know that sometimes, um, you know, be like, well, what kind of competition is he playing? Travion Longmire, very good athlete, and he has no 
trouble getting in front of him while moving at full speed in open space. He's a great athlete. I know that the, those mountain guys, kind of like Austin Dotson, we just think of them as these big physical maulers. He has that physicality. Yeah. Really agile, Freddie. Really athletic. He, yeah, he has the physicality of Austin Dotson. I mean, he can be a mauler if it's called upon. But he, Grant Bingham is a technique guy. He is an athlete. He is a fluid specimen on the football field that can reach as high, great technique, extremely well coached at Johnson Central and, and extremely well coached. And I talked to a high school head coach yesterday and he said, listen, man, the thing that separates him other than being 6'6", 302 pounds and being a tennis player is wait, the fact wait, wait. That- he's a tennis player, too. Yeah, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of uh, multi-sport athletes don't won't commit during their second sport. Like, for example, if Nick Roush played football, was going to commit to play football, but was during basketball season, yeah, most you likely wait. you wait. Yeah, I we're think Kyle did the thing, same thing too. Yeah, we're in mid tennis season for Johnson Central Golden Eagles. Can you imagine? Show, it was kind of like David Wallabaugh playing hockey. Like, can you imagine showing up to the tennis court and you're like. You mean I've got to go up against that guy? <laughs> no, yeah, no, that would be yeah. terrifying. Is that serve coming in? Oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. goodness! So, <laughs> yeah, he's a tennis player. That just shows you the, the feet and agility. Yeah, and, and Man, for the is, uh, for, yeah, dude, that is so impressive, Freddie. I'm yeah, I'm I'm stunned right now. And, and for the crowd that you know they don't play against you know competition. Well, if, if that was the case, then then uh, just for in-state Kentucky, uh, recruiting, Kentucky would only sign players from from Trinity yeah. and Mail. I mean, that's two schools that you know you could you could say. So I, I don't buy into that. I don't do, I don't buy into that a, a bit. Mm-hmm. Cash Daniel came from Paintsville, was was a one A player. I was yeah. a one A player. You know, I take that kind of personal when people think or, or put that out there that they don't play against any, anybody from Eastern Kentucky. You know, whatever, man. I mean, that kind of ticks me off, and I get really uh, defensive about these kids, protective, because you can project by watching, and and Johnson Central just is not just a program in Eastern Kentucky. Johnson Central is a state championship-level program uh, that can beat all takers in in the state of Kentucky, and and Grant Bingham, you know, when when I go overboard on my – on my evaluations on players, I'm really, really excited about him, Nick. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never say anything negative because, you know, these are high school kids. I will mm-hmm. evaluate honestly and truthfully with their film. But this one, this one right here, Grant Bingham, man, I'm telling you, this is a dude. This is a big, big time pickup for Mark Stoops. And, and, and I'm happy uh, for Grant to be able to play. And he sounded excited to be able to play for his in-state school and, and staying at home as, as he kind of referred to. So big, big time uh, commitment from Kentucky. Grant Bingham will be a multi-year starter for the Wildcats. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is too, Freddie, we, we mentioned just going toe to toe with Notre Dame. Notre Dame has done a decent job recruiting kids out of Kentucky as great as the Wildcats have been at walking up you know build a fence around the state of Kentucky Alabama and Notre Dame they they leak some guys out but the fact that you were able to keep Jagger Burton at home keep Grant Bingham at home there's another guy that's he's basically from Louisville and Keontae Goodwin that you're in good spot with Freddie I don't know about you but when I look at Kentucky's most successful years they've got really really good offensive linemen from the state of Kentucky 
as yeah. the anchors, as the cornerstones. So to be able to have that, to look ahead towards the future, I mean, Kentucky's last run, as much as we think about Benny Snell, Josh Allen, all that, Drake Jackson and Landon Young yeah. were just as significant, if not more so, than the other guys. So this is really important. And even though it's not always sexy to talk about offensive linemen, you know, just the big uglies up front, just put on that tape. It's fun. I'm yeah. telling you, it, it, it's it's as fun as watching Lynn Bowden or Wandale Robinson juke dudes out of their shoes. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a uh, good one, Keontae Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking. You're talking about a, a body transformation and getting to be the point of a five-star player through hard work. He has done that. Uh, I can remember seeing him as a you know eighth grade and a freshman uh-huh. uh, just dominate people. What was he six seven at that point? I mean three plus a lot. And, and now he is he's shredded and and he is he is considering Kentucky now. If 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 Vince can pull that off. Uh, the combination of Grant Bingham and Keontae Goodwin Man. would would be <laughs> would be as a significant offensive line duo uh, signing class as as Drake and Landon, and, and that's saying a lot because the respect I have for what Drake and Landon meant to the program. I mean, those two guys, those those two guys are the are the cornerstones of the Big Blue Wall. So, man, I just well, and just, you know just what? Take this from this, Grant Bingham. <laughs> this is a dude. I mean, I've said that a bunch, but man, this this is a Grant Bingham is a prospect or a commit that I can get really excited about following him for the next four years. And Freddie, if they end up getting both of those guys, you're going to start hearing the national folks, kind of how they talked about the the defensive line class a couple of years ago. That's what they'll be saying about Kentucky's offensive line class. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Kentucky is a top 10 offensive line, top five, you know, at least a top 10 offensive year year line out. school year in, year out now. So mm-hmm. uh, it's something to look at. Dane Key uh, dropped his list of final 10, Nick Roush. Mm-hmm. Dane Key is a four-star wide receiver out of Lexington, Frederick Douglass. He's the son of Dante Key, a UK uh, teammate of mine. His brother, Devin Key, is the all-time FBS tackles leader at WKU. He had 350 tackles preparing for the NFL draft now. Uh, The Key family is sort of football royalty in the state of Kentucky. And Dane, uh, uh, he's listed at 6'2", 170 on the recruiting sites. that's that's not correct. He is now 6'3, 195, closing in on 200 pounds, and, and he looks good. He has worked extremely, extremely hard uh, in the weight room and, and the strength and conditioning program there at Frederick Douglass. He's ready to play college football. Uh, so Kentucky's in his final 10. Nick the, uh, Vince Merrill also, also is the is the primary recruiter for Dane King. He's got a lot of Dane Key, and he has a lot of work to do with Dane. Uh, list of 10 is, is, a, is a broad scope. Of programs that Dane is considering, and, and he told me that listen, all ten are equal at this point going forward. So, uh, this would be another <laughs> big time, significant uh, get for Mark Stoops and Vince Merrill if somehow Dane Key ends up at Kentucky. Yeah, he's he's really good too, Freddie. Like this, very good. The, yes, because um, I know a lot of times last year when we were watching Douglas. You're like, all right, let's let's see what Daycale Crowdis is all about. And I found myself drawing the key yeah. <laughs> every time, you know. I mean, yeah. he made Sports Center top 10 as a sophomore in high school. And yeah. that's just kind of much of the norm for him. He's an absolute stud. Uh, and Vince, you got your work cut out for you, but go get it done. 
like and that's be another big one and freddie i think this just speaks to the overall like when that came out a lot of folks got excited about keith's comments about playing you know potentially playing for his hometown team and you can you can just feel kentucky's in-state recruiting momentum right now and that's that's important because there was some buzz about Rutgers and gavin Wimsett in having this buzz having travion longmark commit and then less than a week later you've got uh, Grant Bingham committing. You've got Dane Key saying nice things about you. It all adds up. It all adds yeah. up. And it's it's really important that Kentucky does this now because recruiting is really – I don't want to say this is the slow time, but it's been a dead period for, for you know, what, two years almost since COVID started. Yeah. And So once those floodgates open, you start getting visitors in June – if you can have in-state commitments hanging out at UK when these other guys are coming in and visiting, like that's huge. I mean, Bo Allen, that's yeah. what that's what he did for that 20 class. So yeah, it's really important to get some momentum rolling now before things really get to popping off here in about a month or so. Yeah, because you, you got other in-state targets that, that Vince Merrill is going after. Mm-hmm. Ty Bryant out of, out of Frederick Douglass, uh, Dan Key's teammate, mm-hmm. is, is one that, that he's really, you know, uh, Gavin Wimson out of Owensboro. Uh, Jackson Smith out of Bull County. We can't forget him, the kicker. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's some there's there's some dudes out there that uh, you know Kentucky's really high on, and th- this in-state class of 2022 is significant. It is important at this juncture of, of the program that Kentucky's in because let's face it, man, the Wildcats are hot right now on the recruiting trail. Uh, Pro Day, we'll get into that next. Pro Day was was a buzz. I mean, there is a buzz about Kentucky football, uh, you know, especially with Wandale coming back, with uh, uh, Darian Kennard coming back, Luke Fortner coming back, Justin Rigg, it's, uh, Josh Ali. Those are those are are, are high level contributors that that are going to impact uh, immediately. Travion uh, uh, Morgan, your guy from from Maslin. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of them. So, and then the quarterback from Penn State, uh, uh, Marty. Will Levis. Uh, Will Levis. Yeah. Will Levis. I mean, yeah, the, the the buzz is there about Kentucky football, and it just got uh, uh, sent into overdrive on on pro day, Wednesday's pro day, Nick. Uh, <laughs> really that fun. was a show. The, the Kentucky pro day on Wednesday was a one hour recruiting infomercial. Is what that was, uh, if in the grand scheme of things. And what that did was to show uh, that Kentucky is now. Once, uh, you know, now a program that, that's producing pros. Now, it took some time for this to happen, Nick. Just think about it because, let's be honest, when Mark Stoops got to Lexington, the cupboard was bare pretty much. Uh, you had Avery Williamson that, that was drafted. Uh, then then the next year you had Bud and Zedarius mm-hmm. that were drafted first round and, and, and I think fourth round, third or fourth round for Zedarius, who's now an all-pro and then you had Josh Forrest. Those were those were holdovers. Those were players that were recruited by Joker and Brooks, right? Right. So it took a while for the players that Mark Seuss and Vince Merrill had signed to develop into NFL talent. And it took a lot of hard work to get there. Didn't, Kentucky had zero draft picks in 2017 and 18. <clears throat> and that's when Vince Merrill made the remarks that, hey, there's no, I'll paraphrase here, there's not going to be another year when a Kentucky player – it goes undrafted. <clears throat> so 2019 and 20, Kentucky, the last two drafts, Kentucky's had seven players selected. 
to include the seventh overall pick in 2019 draft, Josh Allen. Yeah, had a, had a pick in every first, each of the first four rounds that year, first, second, yes. third, and fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And then last year, a year ago, 2020 draft had Lynn Bowden going a third to the Raiders and then Logan Stenberg going a fourth to the Lions, which brings me to Pro Day. Nick, it was a show. It was a great show. You watched it. What, what were your thoughts? Uh, my first thought was, I don't believe one single one of these speed numbers, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to take them. I'm going to throw them out there. Cause why the heck not? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but yeah, really this the, is their combine. Yeah. So in before I really, the first thing that shocked me because they, they did the jumps first when Jamin cleared the sticks. So they have those little, <laughs> when you do your vertical jump, you have to jump up and touch these little tabs. And when you hit them, they move and then you knock some over and you get a second jump and you try to reach them. He cleared them. He did them all in his first jump. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. Yeah. This is because you can, I, I went into this, I saw Justin Fields running like four, four, four and all these just stupid numbers. And I'm like, all right, I'm, you can you can fudge a stopwatch a little bit. You can be a little too quick on the trigger with the stopwatch, but you can't with jumps and you can't with height and weight. And man, did Davis and even Eccles, Eccles had a 42 and a half inch vert. Like those, yeah, that's that is some crazy, crazy athleticism. So I was blown away. And even with the uh like I think there was an NFL scout that caught Davis at four four seven which I think would be closer to, you know, a little bit closer to reality in, in maybe with the laser, he's probably like four five one, but nevertheless, still he secured his bag. He's going to be in the first round. There's no doubt about it any longer. And I think Brandon Eccles and Lane and young, I, th those two guys too, they really did themselves some favors because Landon slimmed down. Uh, and even though he's only played left tackle, I think he showed that he can be, uh, more versatile and Eccles Eccles only real problem is just his size and if yeah. you've got the other stuff then I think they can be like you know what he may not have the he he may not be able to play on an island in the field but he can certainly cover the slot yeah and I think I think you nailed it with with Eccles uh you know we'll get to him in a minute but let's just go down the list here uh, and, and I and I heard Brad White's comments uh after pro day, and it, it made so much sense to me that players that are on the team now that didn't go through pro day, the, mm -hmm. the juniors, the sophomores, the freshmen, yep. the stories of pro day, the players in pro day were as interesting as the results to me. You And each player that's on the team now that's going to go through pro day next year, the year after, the year after that can relate to the story. Let's go through them. Jamin Davis was a role player that had a breakout year that put in his time that, that sat behind uh, Chris Oates that sat behind cash Daniels mm -hmm. put in his time till it was till he had an opportunity to play. And he maximized on that. What's the story there? Well, stick to it, stick to it in this, right? Yeah. Uh, as Brad White said, it, it's not an instant pot. You got to slow cook it. Let that thing simmer, which, which worries me a little bit now, Nick, with about with future uh, Jamin Davis's. With the portal, you're right. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. how many players are going to do that now these days? If they don't get their way, they're going to leave. I mean, and, and they have every right to. So how many players are going to sit behind uh, NFL-level talent to get to have get to the point of having a breakout year? 
Uh, Jamin Davis, six foot three, two thirty five, forty two inch vertical, eleven foot broad, forty anywhere from four three seven to four four seven. So whatever it is, it's fast, it's it's explosive. Jamin Davis is now anywhere projected from fourteen to twenty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Jamin's sake, I hope he goes fourteenth. For my sake, I hope he goes twenty fourth to the Steelers. But and that's just being selfish for me. Uh, but Jamin Davis is a player that, again, waited his turn, worked hard, was a team guy, was a special teams guy, was a role player, provided quality backup minutes, and then just took off. You know, football players are slow cookers, man. They're 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 not at the most part uh, plug and play. So well, that's and- that story. I got into it with somebody online yesterday too, Freddie, who was like, well, if he's 15th overall, they got to get him on the field. And it's like, dude, he, he, he wasn't playing like the 15th pick in the NFL draft two years ago. It, it wasn't no. until that month of November. He really turned it on. Uh, and were you going to play him over cash or Chris Oates? Like Chris Oates was going to be in this situation. We thought we yeah. didn't even know if Jamin was up to be the Mike linebacker, the starter. But right. as Stoop said, like these guys, you have to put in the extra work. He took it upon himself. He picked himself up by his bootstraps, and and he went to work. He got it done. And I think there's a person, Freddie, who really fits the, that mold on this defense now. And he was at Pro Day. I saw him, you know, sharing snaps of it. And and that's Bully McCall. You know, Mark yeah. Vaughn, he's, he spent his career behind Quentin Bohanna, who – yeah solidified a spot in, in, on day three, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. But he, he's been having to play behind another guy, uh, yeah. and he's been slowly working at it. That's a really tough position to play at nose, and I think he's taken his medicine, and, and that, that, that simmering pot, it's ready to be a delicious stew this fall. Well, I mean, you can say the thing, same thing about any third-level defender that's not a senior that's had to sit behind Yusuf Corker, Devontae Robinson, uh, Terrell, uh, Terrell Asian. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are seniors. Who are – even if there is an NFL player at a safety nickel position, you're not going to play above those three seniors. They're very good players. They're going to right. be highlighted on pro day next year. Well, Kentucky's at a point now where, listen, you're going to have to beat out some of these guys. If you don't want to compete, you know, I think it was Mark Stoops or one of the coaches said, you don't want to compete, don't come here. Uh, you know, Kentucky's at a position now where, where they have, pro level talent at each level on defense and along every unit in the, in, in the offense. But we have to see it at quarterback, obviously that that's, that's not a position right now that I'm at a place to judge about NFL status, No, but everywhere else, I mean, there's pro talent. So th- what we're seeing now in Kentucky is of a Jamin Davis of let's, let's just say Mo, uh, Mo Douglas, Moses Douglas mm-hmm. was a four, four-star player came in. He's had to be. He's had to be behind Yusuf Corker, Devontae Robinson, Terrell Asian. I mean, those are some players now. So that, that's Who just an all, example. I think four star recruits too. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you wanted this at Kentucky, you got it. Yeah. So now you can't complain about it, right? Uh, right. Landon Young. I, I've heard. I was. I heard. I was, kept getting updates on his training. His numbers validated what he was putting out at, at training for the for pro day. Mm-hmm. Six six three ten. What jumped out at me with with Landon with those long arms is 34 uh, repetitions on the bench press of 225 pounds. That that's putting it up. And then the four nine to five flat forty at range is where he was. Uh, man, that's moving for somebody that big. Landon put in a lot of work 
training for pro day and it paid off. And I think he could have played himself uh, to increase his position or his status for the draft coming up. Brandon Knuckles, I think, uh, you know, in a four, three range in the 40, 42 and a half inch vertical leap where I see Brandon, I think he upped his stock is not at a corner per se, but as that third corner nickel yeah, lockdown yeah. defender on it, I think Brandon well, Nichols can play there in the National Football League. Especially the fact that he has a lot of film where he was just up yep. playing physical in the run game. I mean, yeah. two years ago, he was Kentucky's kind of saving grace. Um, yeah, he when was. They would, they would get out on the edge. So I, I really like him as a player because, Freddie, he's another one of those guys too. If you're a parent out there listening to us, do not, for the love of Pete, force your kid to specialize. Eccles was like a high school quarterback, cornerback, played every down, one of those kind yeah. where uh, yeah. he play, he went to a smaller school, played a, a bigger school that had a bunch of misstate signees and had like 295 yards rushing that game. Like right. just never Trevor give Wallace up. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, those guys, they end up – they'll end up specializing eventually, but, I mean – even if Eccles too, if he's not the starting nickel, that dude, you don't tell me he can't be a gunner on special teams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, no, you're he, right. He checks a lot of boxes yeah. um, for the versatility thing. I hope Boogie Watson can be that as well. Um, I, 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 I will freely grant you. I don't know. It's tough for me to compare number, like what's good numbers in some of these things, Freddie. But I do think Boogie, even though he didn't have a great year, uh, sacks wise and pressure wise, he showed a lot in pass coverage. And yeah. I just hope that that versatility sales pitch is enough for uh, teams to take a shot on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can go back to the story Davis, role player to star, Landon Young, five star player from the state of Kentucky, stayed home to play for the Cats, multi year starter, had an injury, had a battle, battle back. Players can relate to that. Brandon Nichols, junior college, got forced into action as a starter a year ago. Played really well both years at Kentucky. A lot of film on him. Junior college story. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, a transfer. Another, you know, players that transfer in could see what Joseph did. Right. For a long time, led the nation in SEC and interceptions, ran in the 4-3 range. He has been mentioned in first-round uh, circles. Uh, will not go past the second round. So that, that's another story that these young players can relate to, not only currently at Kentucky, but those considering Kentucky. A.J. Rhodes, 4-4 range, 34-inch vertical leap, had 24 reps on the bench press. A.J. Rhodes had a quiet, sneaky, good pro day on Wednesday. Uh, so I, I like what he did there. Uh, Quinn Bohanna, again, multi-year starter. Phil Hoskins, a JUCO, played 100 years of, of high school or college football. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of good stories <laughs> that these players can, can relate to. Definitely, definitely, Freddie. Yeah, so uh, Pro Day was was big. It was big for recruiting. Mm-hmm. It was big to show where Kentucky is as a team talent-wise. I think it's a culmination of what Mark Stoops, Vince Merrill, and that staff wants to do, and that's uh, develop, uh, 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 recruit and develop. Uh, NFL cats, uh, we went over that. 17 and 18, no picks. Mm-hmm. 2019, seven, I mean, five, 2022. There's seven players projected to be drafted from this class. And then you look at 2022, Nick, I, 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 you could project seven plus. Am I, am I wrong to say that? 
Let me think. Um, let's, go, let's go with the easy so, ones. So, Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, Upshaw probably, right? Darren Kennard, uh, Upshaw. That's three. Justin yeah. Rigg. Vince Merrill is convinced that Justin Rigg is a pro. That's four. I'm still going to go fringe on Rigg. We'll see. We'll see how okay. they use the tight ends this year. Um, okay. But then defensively, Just, I mean. Yusuf Corker. Yes. Josh Pascal. Uh, square, I'm curious. I'm curious. Square. Square is a guy that could have a Jamin Davis year, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, the he, only uh, the only thing that worries me is just the the size. Durba, you know? Yeah, you know, but he that, is, he is two twenty five plus now, so yeah, now he has put on a lot. So Square is a guy that could have a Jamin Davis jump. You bully Corker, bully too. Bully. So there's McCall. so like probably eight right there. We just listed up. We just rattled off about eight. And Corker Robinson Asian, or we get looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Corker. He, if you want, it, it, I think Corker a, is a sure thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna I, go ahead and say that. I also think too he's gonna be the one that what like nobody's talking. He's gonna have a huge year if he can stay healthy. I think he's gonna be flirting with that first round kind of stuff because he is an athletic freak. He's yeah. had the production, but you know he's not a safety at LSU or Alabama. So like yeah. you know all those SEC honks, they just they don't they just write in whoever fills those positions. They don't even look at them when they're Kentucky's led. Yeah, Kentucky's led this. He's seen pass defense two years in a row. A big part of that is use of Corker. The fact that you're not hearing his name a lot as far as being burnt or, or being taken advantage of on that third level of defense is the reason that he is that good. Use of Corker is, is a sure thing NFL pick next year. Where we'll see how, how high we'll see, but that's what I, that's how much I think about him. And Nick, we've not even talked about Jordan, uh, Jordan Wright over there had mm. a productive year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Eight plus seven plus is not is not a stretch for this football team, in my opinion. No, in no. two thousand, and it's going it's only going to go go beyond that. So, uh, man, uh, Vince Merrill nailed it, man. Uh, you know, the days of not having players selected are over. <laughs> you know who we didn't even mention, Freddie? Who? Wandale Robinson. Oh God! <laughs> and Josh Ali. And Josh Ali. And, and, and Luke Fortner. Yeah. And Luke yeah. Fortner. I mean, th- th- just think about this for a minute. Kentucky could have four pass catchers drafted next year. Four pass catchers. That's that's the that's the effect of, of Lynn Cohen's offense if it goes as the way I think it's going to go. And then that's bringing in a transfer, another story like Kelvin Joseph in Pro Day this year. Wondell Robinson can see himself in that in that range, and, and Wondell can be Rondell Moore type NFL draft uh, a, per, a player looks like more solidified and boost yeah. his, his 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 status. People were day. drooling over his pro day stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, eight, seven plus is, is – I don't think is a well, stretch at all. I think I, you could see eight plus next year. The, the thing, too, Freddie, that I just want to hit home and make it clear because you're, you're saying it, but when you're going down and listening to all these different stories, it – pays dividends when you see somebody in your shoes have like similar shoes have success at that yeah. school because then it's like oh well if he can do it there then i can so yeah, when you that, have a transfer succeed you're just going to start recruiting the portal better right it's, that's just that's just a fact that's how it works chris oates came to kentucky because in large part his high school teammate mike edwards was killing it at kentucky like that stuff yeah. it's very yeah. i i know that sounds like very rudimentary but it's important. That's why it's important for 
the guys that Kentucky recruited out of Louisville to be successful. You're JJ yes. Weavers or Tay Tay Crooms, who he's been right. getting shout outs lately. So that right. stuff's important to keep the recruiting successful in certain areas. And I'm sure that's a reason why Bingham came to Kentucky too, is yeah. Lane and Young success, you know? Right. And, and then seeing what Jagger, all the, all the buzz about Jagger Burton right now. Right. Right. Uh, Graham Bingham can see himself in Jagger Burton. And man, I look forward to seeing those two side by side for years to come. That's going to be fun. Um, but 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 I, we, you nailed it. That that's what Brad White was saying. That the stories of pro day for those individual players can relate to players that are on the team now and and prospects that are commits like uh, Grant Bingham, uh, Travion Longmire. They can see themselves their stories matching those of the players that excelled Wednesday at pro day, and that's only going to improve uh, next year. Same same hype is going to be around pro day next year. Uh, and, you know, to see Wondell, to see Rodriguez, to see Darian Kennard, see all these guys play. But, yeah, Kentucky's in a good shape, and the buzz around the program is very high right now. And I think that's why you're seeing some of these in-state players commit uh, because they're feeling it. I mean, it's – you when you're in a stadium, you can feel, you can sense momentum. And Kentucky has a lot of momentum right now uh, going into the summer months before mm-hmm. the season. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, Harlan County update, Nick Roush. Oh, Harlan County update. Let me hear it. My Harlan County Bulls, third and fourth grade uh, AAU team, placed second in the Knoxville uh, region, qualified for the national tournament in, in June or July. I'm not for sure. So big tournament, big three wins for the Bulls in Knoxville. Now they're going on to play for the national championship. Heck Nick yeah. Roush, I'm I'm extremely proud of my Harlan County Bulls. Well done, Bulls. Yeah, Sweet Got Sixteen up Crab life by the horns. Yeah, uh, we're on Freddie. I it's crazy. So we're recording Friday morning. Pretty crazy that they're going. Whoever wins the state championship game has to win three games in two days. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, I don't know uh, when you were playing, but the the semifinal and final used to be on the same day. They, I think they changed that. Uh, I think it was right at like because that that was the case at least in my younger high school days. They might okay, have, yeah. They might have done away with it when I was there or right yeah. after. But yeah, it's been in the last ten years or so. They've they've gone away from that. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it's kind of fun and stuff. But I do think that I mean you probably should do it. And also from a fan's perspective, it's great. Is it okay? Okay, because I, I, I wondered about like, do you want to go just to the game and then leave and then come back? But I, yeah. I can see where that's a yeah, ton it's, of fun. It, yeah, it's great. It adds to it. Uh, it adds to the drama of the tournament. Uh, I can remember my dad talking about it. You know, and I, I asked him because my dad would never talk about you know Car Creek and all his stuff that he did that made made him made him a legend in, in the state of Kentucky. And, but I would come out and ask him and, and he's like, man, I, I was 17 years old. If I couldn't play two basketball games in one day, then shame on me, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was like, it wasn't that big of a deal. So yeah. Uh, uh, my, my two teams that I had at uh, Paintsville got Beaver Bull County, 70 to 56. Mm-hmm. Um, what I liked about that game, I didn't like the fact that Paintsville lost because I'd followed them through the region and I wanted them to win, obviously. But Luke Shepperson was the defensive back and receiver for Bull County who deflected the overtime fourth down pass to seal the deal, seal the win for Bull County to win a 4A state championship. 
What did he do last night in the state tournament? 25 points, eight rebounds. I love seeing this tournament is filled with multi-sport players. This tournament is filled with teams that won state championships in football in December are now playing in the Sweet 16 in March. Ashland is one of my teams. Hunter Gillum is my guy. Uh, I mean, great hair, first he's of a, all. He's a baller, too. Great hair, mm-hmm. but he is intense. He hit rushed for over 100 yards, scored three touchdowns in the state championship in December, won the Ashland won a 3A title. Now beat Knox Central pretty good last night. And look like Ashland looks like the team to beat from that side of the bracket. Yeah. And there's football players on that on that team, man. So uh, I've enjoyed following Paintsville and Ashland. <clears throat> and I look forward to watching the Tomcats move on as they play Bull County. A lot of football players on the floor when they those two meet us. Yeah, I would also say that uh that in, on that top part of the bracket, Freddie, it's probably E Town. I, I think it's gonna end up See, that's what's tough, man. Boward's got such a tough run. I was going to say either the winner of this Boward-Bowling Green game is the team to beat, but they might not have enough in the tank to get past E-Town. So, that that, top part of the bracket is stacked. Loaded. Loaded. Absolutely uh, stacked. You know, you you could look at that and say, you know, the winner of the top bracket will probably win the state championship. But, man, Ashland is is peaking right now. Uh, And then Highlands is is good, so we'll see. It's, it's been a lot of fun, though. Man. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And if you're going to the games, do, Freddie, we got a great deal at the bar where if you just show your ticket stub, we're giving you a free basket of fried pickles. And I know yes. we're a wing place, but if I go to the bar and don't get fried pickles, I'm disappointed. They're so yeah. good. I, yeah, I love them definitely. so much. They're my favorite. Take your ticket from the Sweet 16, go to KS Bar, and you can get free pickles, Yeah, fried pickles. They're so and they're good. very, very, very good. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. Nick, thank you. Uh, uh thank you for 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 this podcast. I always appreciate you. I know you're you're out of town right now and you took a, an hour out to be with me on this. I, I really appreciate that, my friend. No and problem. uh happy birthday to Duke. One year. Man. Uh yeah. And what, what's One. fun too is so since so my sister, she actually had a baby boy this week as well, uh, like on Monday. So my parents, they're down hanging out with a new new baby Wesley. So Duke gets to do first birthday twice. He gets to do a birthday Ooh. next weekend as well. So we're just stretching out this celebration forever. Yeah, it's it's, it's the way to go about it. And Duke will have a, a cousin to beat up on now. So oh, yeah, multiple a younger cousins cousin. to beat up with. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. be such a boy. I love it. He <laughs> he also he got so he got a Cookie Monster cake up here, and he's gonna Elmo awesome. one down there. I mean, <laughs> my goodness, we we spoil him. We can't help. It's him. all right, man. It's all right, but it goes by fast. I will tell you that you've already. You know, I'm sure the one year since the arrival yeah. of Duke has flown by. At yeah. times, it has been as slow as as crap. But it's probably flown by, too. It's the best. It's, it's just the best. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate L.A. Coatings and Bill yeah. uh, Freudenmiger. Did I say that? <laughs> Froden, Froden, Froden. Yeah, that, that's close enough, Freddie. Freudenberg. Freud, now, I can't say it. Dang it, Freddie, you did it to me, too. But, yeah, Bill Freudenberg at L.A. Coatings. Freudenberg. LACoatings.com. Get your consult today. Yeah, Bill's a great dude, and he had on a sweet L.A. Coatings long sleeve t-shirt that hopefully we can score uh, a couple of those nick because i will proudly wear that because i like long sleeve t-shirts oh heck yeah it, it yeah was a pretty cool shirt it was a cool shirt well thank you so much thank you to la coatings 
Thank you to KSR. Uh, take your Sweet 16 ticket to KS Bar. Eat some pickles. After that, go eat a bunch of caramels and relax. Thank you very much for listening.